Alright folks, and welcome back to episode 3 of Deep Like Leviathan. I'm your host, Evan Altman. Joined with me is, uh, as always, by myself, uh, and the, the grammar was not really great there, but you get the point. Uh, sorry, I've been paying too much attention to basketball. In fact, I've got the last seven minutes of the Oregon-UC Irvine game on, uh, where my cousin Dana is coaching his 12-seated Ducks to what looks like it should be a Sweet 16. But anyway, let's get back. I know it's been a little while uh, since since I last recorded a pod, so hopefully you're all sticking around. Uh, we are now available on, uh, I believe, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, just about anywhere. If there are any, uh, now that we're actually on iTunes, you can feel free to give me a review of, of however many stars you would like. Apparently, their algorithm likes five stars, but um, it's kind of a shitty podcast. So, uh, you, you know, hey, if mom, if you're listening and you weren't offended by me saying shitty, feel free to give me five stars. Um, the rest of you, friends, um, feel free to lie and also give me five stars. That'd be much appreciated. Anyway, so on uh, on today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, the movie Us. Went to see that on Friday. Jordan Peele's new horror entry. <clears throat> also want to talk about The Dirt, uh, the the Netflix original adaptation of the Motley Crue autobiography. And uh, you know, tonight's beer. Let's see if I reach over here and grab it because I still have some left. My my glass wouldn't hold the whole thing. This is. F is for fruit salad from Evil Twin Brewing. It is a uh, a ghost style ale brewed with salt and blueberry, strawberry, blackberry, peach, and blood orange. So yeah, basically it's literally a fruit salad, but it's kind of a tart. Uh, you know, actually not bad. Four and a half percent alcohol. So I picked this up, figuring my wife might like it, um, and then I ended up actually drinking the other stuff that I had gotten. I had some pseudo sue. And uh, there's this amazing beer from a local brewery here called Quaff On. Uh, is the name of the brewery. Uh, the beer is Java the Red, and uh, and that's not what I'm drinking now. But it's a, it's a as the name would indicate, it's a, a red ale brewed with coffee. And uh, and I and I got there was another. I was actually there at the the brewery uh, and wanted to have another beer initially that I think they were out of, and so I settled for this one and ended up loving it. And this is actually the first time I've seen it distributed. I didn't realize they had bottled it. So I got a four pack and, and I, I re- again, I love it. It's so well balanced. And uh, a lot of times you get those coffee beers and generally you find them in, in stouts or porters or something that's a little bit heavier. And this is just a really clean red, really smooth finish. The coffee is, is very notable, uh, but it's not heavy. And so uh, and as a, as a coffee fan, I really like that. So anyway, that is one, holy cow, he just banked in a three-pointer. Uh, and so, you know, this is a little bit outside. I, I, I'm not generally one who goes for the kind of the sours or the ghosts, but uh, this is actually pretty good. And it's a nice kind of a cleanser. Maybe if you had some other ones, something kind of, you know, it's a little bit later, lower ABV. So a uh, nice way to go. Again, that's that F is for fruit salad. Uh, the pseudo soup was awesome. And I will share this before I uh, continue on. Actually, funny story about that. So I tweeted out a picture of it. I was like, "Oh, this is really good." And uh, and apparently, King Sue, like the double IPA version of it, is is also out right now, and and had been carried by my local liquor store. There's a chain throughout Indiana called Big Red Liquors. There's one right by my house. I patronize it frequently. 
and uh, and they have an app. You can actually go online, order the stuff, pay for it right there, and just go pick it up in the store. So I, I'm thinking, well, they, certainly they don't have it. I didn't see it there. And uh, and Toppling Goliath Brewery has only just started distributing in Indiana, or at least locally. But they did have it. So I get on there, I pay for it. And this is maybe like 9 o'clock Friday night. And uh, lo and behold, like five minutes after I placed the order, I actually get a call from the liquor store. The guy said, hey, you know, I, I saw you just placed the order. We actually don't have it. We're sold out. You know, I'm sorry. We'll try to get you refunded. And I'm thinking like, well, first of all, I'm disappointed. That sucks, right? I would have loved to have had it. But how cool is that that they did that, that they called me like immediately? And then the next morning, I'm actually getting ready to go to the gym. I get a call again. And, uh, and it's him again. I said, well, you know, I actually got a call last night. He's like, well, hey, you know, he explained it to me why it was showing up on there. Again, they were sold out. The app probably didn't realize that yet um, because it's not sentient. And then uh, he said, hey, I'm refunding you right now. And within like 10 seconds of hanging up the phone, I got an alert from my uh, Chase Bank that uh, that I had gotten a refund from them. So anyway, uh, they are not a sponsor of the show yet and probably never will be, but shout out to Big Red Liquors because that's really cool. I mean, it sucked that I wasn't able to get the beer that I wanted, but it was pretty dope that they <laughs> two of them actually called me back. So um, I'm getting a little parched, so allow me to uh, to take this sip really quick. Again, I, uh, I don't edit this stuff out. I barely figured out the last one. It took me like an hour and a half to learn how to actually put music at the back end of, uh, of the pod. So uh, don't expect me to edit out any of my uh, little mishaps in between. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's get right into it. So we're going to, um, we will, as the title indicates, I will close with a story of uh, the legend of Shrimp Dick. But for now, I want to talk about the movie Us. And, you know, it's really interesting. I'm still torn on, when, and I'll probably see it again when it comes out uh, on demand or, or Blu-ray or something like that. Because I do want to kind of see it through a little bit of a different lens now that I've seen it once, it, you know, and I, I'm going to try to keep this as spoiler free as possible and, and, you know, maintain it within the realm of, of what you've seen uh, from the trailers. So if you've seen the trailers, you know, uh, you know, a fairly typical American family, and then, you know, there's other people show up and they see them and they're, they're essentially kind of mirror versions of themselves, right? Mom, dad, uh, son, and daughter. And, uh, you know, again, it's a, it's a really creepy, I mean, just the, the things that you see from that are, are creepy enough. And just sort of this idea of this sort of mirror, you know, through the looking glass sort of a thing. And, you know, again, a lot of it comes down to sort of dealing with this, this mirror image of yourself, or, or perhaps it could be, uh, the person who is within you. Um, perhaps it's, something in your own persona, uh, your own being that you've had to hide or kill off. And so there's a lot to that. Now there's, there's several other things and, and, and Jordan Peele, you know, the director who also did get out has sort of his own little mythology that he builds around this. And, and what I really like about it is that, and I was, I was kind of reading some reviews because I was sort of thinking, well, how, how do I contextualize some of these things I'm thinking in the immediate wake of going to see it? And, you know, I think a lot of it is that there were some differences in how it was interpreted. And I talked to some other people about it. And I think that's really the beauty of the movie is that uh, at the end of the day, it, there isn't just a single narrative that everyone is going to come away with, that everyone's going to see the same thing. I think 10 different people could go to see it and come away with 10 different sort of ideas for 
what it meant or, or sort of what the, that central concept is. But, uh, you know, I do want to keep looking into it. And I think that's the, kind of the cool thing, right? Because horror movies so often, uh, they resort to sort of these slasher films that are built to have, uh, you know, prequels and sequels that you can sort of just run the same gag over and over again. And, you know, some of them have maybe a different nuance here or there, but by and large, it's a slasher. And, you know, people are trying to escape from the person and then they all either end up dying or, you know, one or two of them lives and here's how it works. And so there are some elements of that. There are times when things jump out at you and that sort of stuff. But I think what's really frightening is the psychological part of it. And then, you know, as you sort of try to apply certain things in that to yourself and, and the fact that while the greater you know, the reality of sort of what's going on within the movie is, is certainly something that could not happen. The, the, the psychological part of it or the allegory to what could very well be happening in our own lives is such that it's, it's scary as hell. Um, and, and then to wit, uh, so that evening, or really, I guess it would have been very early the next morning. So we have a couple of cats and, uh, and my wife is not diligent about, putting them out because she's of the room anyway the one loves to sleep on the bed the other one will kind of uh meander in and out so my wife falls asleep much earlier I, I generally go to bed much later and I actually wake up earlier but what generally happens is usually between like 5 and 6 a.m the cats will start getting feisty and kind of you know all over each other and uh maybe claw at the bed and and generally they they tend to do it on my side and one will be like underneath the mattress and, and behind like where my pillow is and almost getting my hands to get another pillow. Right. So that kind of sucks. And, and I don't want to deal with that. Um, but I generally, what I'll do is walk out of the room, like lure them out, like they're going to get food. Right. And then I'll walk back into the room, shut the door and, and go back to bed for a couple hours. So anyway, uh, as additional context to this, one of the trailers prior to us was for pet cemetery, which, uh, which I will maybe be doing a, pre and post uh, review of maybe I'll, I'll actually find a way to record those, those segments and come back and do that. But, um, I re-listened to the book on tape recently through audible. It wasn't on tape. Right. But, um, I'd read the book many, many years ago, seen the original movie and looking forward to see the second one. Well, there's a trailer for it. Right. And there's a, a cat in there that, uh, that I don't think I'm, uh, certainly not giving away any spoilers because it's right there. Very evident in the trailer the cat comes back from the dead, right? Gets hit by a car. They go bury it in the uh, Indian burial ground and it comes back. And so, um, so here I am, it's like five 30 in the morning, uh, Saturday. And I, and I, I take the one cat comes out and I, you know, and the other one has a bell around his collar, but I, I couldn't hear it. So I assume maybe he's not in there anywhere. And so I turn back down the hallway to go. And then all of a sudden, like this sort of dark shape, you know, sort of emerges from the shadows of the door of my room and just scared the bejesus out of me, right? There's no reason for that to happen, but it's says, you know, your, your mind is just fogged from sleep and it's six in the morning or five 30 or somewhere in there. And I just, so I break out in this cold sweat. I eventually, you know, kind of shut the door and, and lay back in bed. I, it took me a little while to fall asleep and I'm just thinking like, good Lord. Right. So then, then your mind starts to like, Oh, what if, you know, what if, what if my, my tethered mirror people are, are, are outside waiting to come and and they've got cats of their own, and oh my god, um, and I'm generally not one for that, but uh, again, as you can imagine, it, it, there was enough, you know, again, that, that kind of is in there and plays with your mind, so 
that was not an ideal situation. But uh, what was also not ideal, actually, you know, before I get to that, so I will say, absolutely highly recommend it. I don't have like a rating system that I've established here, and I, and I don't know where I would put us. Um, you know, I, I did, I kind of reached the point where I found myself looking at my watch to see like, okay, how much time is left in this? Because there, there were a couple points where I think it dragged and then, and then it picked up like really quickly. There's a point at which it, it, you know, it really started to propel forward, you know, I think over the last 30 minutes or so. And, and that really, um, that really carried it for me. I think there was a, there's a point at which it, there was enough of a lull, but I, but again, I think a lot of that was Peel's kind of sense of pacing. And so it, it ended up making sense in the end. So definitely go see it. You know, if we're, if we're going on a five-star rating, I'd say it's, it's a hard four. Um, but then a, a movie that is not four, unless we were gauging it on a, like a 10 or a 20 point scale is the dirt. Um, it's, uh, yeah, actually the name is pretty indicative of the quality of the movie. Love the book, right? I love like these, these rock autobiographies, right? If you've read, uh, so what I read, um, sex, drugs, and rat and roll, uh, you know, Stephen Piercy from rat, uh, slash by slash of guns and roses, the dirt. Uh, I just read the book Altamont, which is not an autobiography, but it was, is about, uh, the Rolling Stones ill-fated concert, you know, kind of in the, in the wake of, um, of Woodstock back in, uh, in 1969 or it was early 70. Um, but I guess it was late 69, right? Uh, anyway, so the dirt was, it was great, right? It's the guy from Motley Crue and it's, it's told, you know, each of them kind of narrates their own section and it, and it, there's interplay it comes, come, comes back and forth. So I was really looking forward to the movie. Um, and so I guess, you know, when I, if I were to describe it, I would say take Bohemian Rhapsody and use shittier actors, worse writing about 20% of the production value and then put it on fast forward because they glossed over everything. You've got virtually zero context for what's going on. And it's just this series of highlights just pasted together into a semi-coherent movie that at no point really establishes any legitimate pacing. You don't know what time it is. Most of the time, you don't know how much time has elapsed between all these things. Uh, stuff just sort of happens, and there's no real setup for it. I get it, right? They're a rock and roll band, and so I think part of it is like these guys were so wasted most of the time that they didn't even know what time it was. But it's just you, you get – it was the same sort of just frenetic pacing that you saw in Bohemian Rhapsody, except amped up even further and without – any ties to any of these characters like these guys just get established and outside of really Nikki six we don't get anything like from their childhood why are they who they are what's going on here i know like all four guys in the band were were executive producers on it i have no idea how much credit they had in there and i really don't care the only thing that would have made it acceptable is if machine gun kelly who actually played the role of tommy lee had engaged in like a freestyle rap battle with eminem uh, and just got wasted by him at the end. Like that would have made the movie more enjoyable. Um, I think almost anything would have made the movie more enjoyable. I mean, there were just entire sections that were just gone, like really cool stuff. And then, some, you know, a lot of the biggest points obviously were in there, you know, Nikki six ODing and, 
and Vince driving drunk and uh, killing a guy and, and that sort of thing. But it was just, I watched it because I had to. I didn't have to. But once I started, I was like, okay, let's get through this. And it was just, it was disappointing. From the very start, the narration and the dialogue was so cheesy. And just the overall setup. And at no point, you know, I'm thinking, okay, okay, maybe that's just how they're setting it up. And it'll it'll kind of gather some steam and it'll find its legs. And it never did. Like every time it almost got up and stood like a baby giraffe, it just fell right over on its ass. So anyway, um, avoid it, you know, unless you like crappy movies and, and you know, you're like, I can't imagine if you're a Motley Crue fan, which I mean, I guess if you're comfortable actually admitting that. I don't know how you would like it, and if you're not a Motley Crue fan, I cannot imagine you wanting to sit through more than five minutes of it. So, there you go. But um, I'm gonna take another. I gotta take a lot of drinks. I'm taking like one drink. So hold on just a second here. But where that brings me, because you know Motley Crue got their start in West Hollywood. They're on the Sunset Strip, you know, playing like the Troubadour and the whiskey, and and those sorts of places, right? So you see some of those in there, and, and those are, you know, anybody who's a rock fan or anybody who kind of knows about that no, understands those places and their significance, you know, the Viper Room and um, lots of other places, these kind of hot spots that were down there. You know, again, all those big bands came up through there, uh, Rat and Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and Poison, and, uh, mm-hmm. and so several years ago, I'm trying, this is probably five, six years ago, maybe longer now, uh, myself and some buddies went out. We had a couple trips. We did this a couple years where we'd go and, um, we'd all get tattoos and hang out for a few days, kind of the guys weekend or a few days. And so, uh, you know, we decide for, we're going to drive into Hollywood, right? We're going to go and just find, we didn't have a room booked. We're just going to find whatever flop house motel we can, uh, find on our way in. We're going to go, uh, you know, hopefully catch a show, just kind of walk around the sunset strip, see what's up. So, the funny thing about LA in general, at least that I found was like, nothing happens before noon. And if you're down there on the sunset strip, nothing happens until like midnight. So, you know, I think we, we went out to lunch and there was nobody at this place. We're just kind of walking back and forth. We'd stopped at the first, literally the first place we could find, you know, no real idea of how far a walk's probably a mile and a half or something away from maybe longer. It was a long walk and we walked it because what the hell else we're going to do. This is like way before Uber. And, uh, we're, you know, we're young and healthy. We're good, whatever. So anyway, um, here we are. And there, I think there were six of us, five or six of us. And, you know, we're sleeping like three to a room or whatever. We got a couple of rooms in this place for like 40 bucks a night. And, um, so we're going out and, uh, we're, we're just checking stuff out, seeing what's happening, grab a few beers, hit a few places. And we see that there's a show going on at the whiskey. Well, actually, let me, let me dial that back because on the way down there, Hey, we want to find something to eat. We're just kind of walking around and there's this little shop called Pinch's Tacos. And they got, I think they got like six locations throughout, uh, throughout LA. Great little spot, right? Uh, got some outdoor seating and this is in November, maybe uh, mid to late November, not quite Thanksgiving, but uh, maybe a week or so before that. So, um, you know, starting to get a little bit cool. They had some outdoor seating set up and, uh, like a little tent over it and, uh, maybe 30, 20, 30 seats out there. Maybe not quite that many. Little tiny place inside, and there's a a woman who actually came in while we were ordering who was from uh, it was like some life coach show or some some she was one of the contestants or one of the people on it. I can't remember now. It's uh, Jackie something the fitness 
guru lady who was like trying to get these people's asses in gear. And this lady was in there with, uh, with her boyfriend or whatever. I was like, Oh, I recognize her from this show. And so that was like the closest brush to fame that we had it was like, a, you know, some F level, uh, reality TV star. Anyway, so we get some tacos like, wow, this is really good. Cool. And, um, and so that's awesome. And so we go down and, you know, find a few bars and, you know, like every place out there, they're all like cafes and delis and stuff, right? So you can go in and like order a slice of pie and a beer or whatever. It's a really weird setup. So we're trying to like just get the lay of the land and figure it out. And we see um, there's a site, there's a, there's a rock show going on at uh, at the Whiskey A Go Go. And I didn't recognize any of the bands. Like Non Point was one of them, though. And I've, I've heard of them a little bit. There's some stuff there. And there's a band called Gemini Syndrome. It actually ended up being really badass, and uh, I have since ordered some of their music on iTunes, and, um, you know, I don't know if they're even honestly still together, still doing music. I think they are, but, like, those guys could just absolutely wail. Like, the lead singer is just crazy. Uh, there's, like, Italian bass player who was just covered in tattoos and his head and everything. It was awesome, and it's, like, it's a, the tiniest place, right? Like, I'm thinking the whiskey's this big place, but it's not at all. It's tiny. We actually met the guy from Gemini Syndrome, talked to him for a while. So this is cool, and this is where we're hanging out, right? And it's uh, it's getting on to be uh, pretty late in the evening and or really early in the morning. And so eventually, you know, a couple of the other guys kind of uh, bonked out, and there were, there were three of us left. And we're like, okay, well, you know, eventually we'll start making it back to the hotel, whatever. And um, and we're, so we're like super hungry, right? And I want to say it's probably like 2, 2.30 in the morning, something like that. And so... Uh, we're making our way back and, and you know, uh, well, hey, there's Pinch's Tacos again. Let's just go back there. That place is awesome the first time. We'll uh, we'll hit that up again and and kind of see what's uh, what's going to happen with it. And uh, why not? Right. They're still open. So we get out there and, and you know, we want to sit outside. Like I said, they have the, the tented area set up. It's, it's fairly cool out, whatever. And um we get our stuff and, you know, I got a couple tacos. I had my, you know, my buddy got a, a couple tacos as well. The other guy had like a burrito, some chips. So we're all sitting down. And as we get out there, um, there are a couple of groups that are already out and, and sitting. And one's like a, a mix, some, some guys and girls, maybe, maybe five, six of them. And there's another group of like three or four guys. And, uh, and they're just sort of, you know, what, see, we couldn't tell, are they separate? Are they together? Because there's like some good natured or seemed good natured at the time, um, kind of ribbing, you know, uh, kind of they're just ragging on each other a little bit. And I, I don't know what started, but it, you know, it, it kept on going. And so we're just, we're just like minding our own business and, and we're starting to, you know, it's just kind of funny because anytime you're, you're sort of, uh, fight adjacent is, uh, you know, it's great because when you're not in it, it's no big deal. And so, um, sorry, I just had to have another sip. So here we are. And, uh, and all of a sudden, one of the, one of the girls from the one group, you know, just opens her mouth and says something, says something, the guy says something back. She's like, all right, shrimp dick. He's like, what did you call me? She's like, shrimp dick, you shrimp dick motherfucker. And so then the three girls from the one group start chanting shrimp dick, shrimp dick, shrimp dick. And we're just out here, like, we're dying, right? And and so, you know, keep in mind, too, uh, I think one of the guys was there from, like, Denver, so it wasn't too big a difference. But, you know, I'm from Eastern Time Zone, so it's, like, 5 in the morning for me, and we've been drinking every day, going solid for, like, 4 or 5 days. You know, I'm just absolutely hammered. And, uh, and I'm dead tired. And so I'm like, but it's still hilarious, right? But I'm like, man... 
something's going to happen over here. And I, you know, I'm, I'm like preparing. So all of a sudden, you know, again, the shrimp dick, shrimp dick keeps going. And then you start seeing, so this guy like throws something at the girl, like, like a wadded up napkin or something. And she just starts going off. And now she starts, and shrimp dick is still what he's now known as. I mean, she's no longer just taunting him with it. She's just calling him shrimp dick. And so she throws something back at him. And eventually an entire food fight ensues. So they're just hucking stuff back and forth at each other. And it's in this tent. Right. So basically like the little clear white tents or the, the white tent with the clear little windows in there. And so they're just firing this stuff back and forth. It's going everywhere. And, and we're, you know, maybe five, 10 feet away. And so it's, it's kind of starting to spill over toward us now. And they've run out of any of the food that they had started with. So somebody grabs over, reaches and grabs my buddy's burrito, like as he's reaching for it to eat it and they just fling it at somebody. And the best part of the whole thing, and the one of everything in this, the one thing I'll never forget, is the look on his, like, the crestfallen look. on He, he didn't think it was funny. He wasn't laughing about shrimp dick. He's not cracking up about the food fight that is ensuing right next to us. He just stares down with this sad hangdog look at the open spot on his plate where his burrito used to be that he no longer gets to enjoy because shrimp dick is wearing it on his shirt now. And so Andy is just sitting there like incapable of moving. And that's the funniest part to me, even funnier than shrimp dick. So then eventually this stuff all spills out and we kind of follow along because by now we finished our food and they all spill out into the street. And so the guys in each party are now actually starting to fight in the street in the middle of the Sunset Strip or Sunset Boulevard. So we're not really on the strip. We're off that now. But it's right there by the Chateau Marmont. Pinches Tacos right there in the street. And then eventually like some the cherries and blueberries start flashing and and the, and the stuff breaks up. <laughs> but then the whole time, Andy was still unable to enjoy any of it at all. Because again, his burrito had been chucked at Shrimp Dick. And uh, so we eventually made it back. I think by the time we actually made it back to the hotel, it was like four in the morning. And uh, and then, you know, the next day uh, we, we we actually woke up and I don't think we're too terribly hungover. We ended up uh, driving out and this is our, our last day in, in California. So we drove from West Hollywood and, and went out to Santa Monica and, uh, and we just kind of went out to the pier there and, and just hung out, walked through the beach for a little while, kind of stood along and you can see the PCH kind of rambling along there. And, and just kind of hung out and enjoyed it. Went to a little pub and, and ate some fish and chips. And then, um, I think it was from that point. And then we actually, um, way back and maybe, maybe we had like one more night we had to go back and, and crash in the hotel or something or fly out. But, um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool time. Right. But that is where the legend of shrimp dick was born <laughs> and right there in, in pinches tacos, West Hollywood. And, uh, you know, in the, in the middle of the night when, uh, when, Probably a, a legit band was actually just starting to play, or maybe just finishing up their set. And Gemini Syndrome's legit, so let's not call him that. So, anyway, there you have it. That is another episode. I'm, I'm eventually going to get to the point um, once I start figuring this thing out and get the get the timing all set. Uh, hopefully, I'll even be able to get a, a couple of sponsors on board. But uh, my goal is to bring on some guests. Uh, I would really love to to bring on uh, Julie DeCaro from 670 The Score in Chicago to talk about her podcast, uh, The Score Behind the Headlines. is about the murder of James Jordan, who's Michael Jordan's father. 
really cool and i know she's uh really into true crime so that's something uh again josh noel from the chicago tribune there's a chicago flavor here but really want to get into some beer conversation with him um and then i i'd also like to talk with uh just maybe a couple athletes here and there a couple writers and just sort of bring in a different flavor um and uh, hopefully bring on some other pop culture folks. We want to talk about some of these movies, the Stephen King stuff. There's uh, not only Pet Cemetery that's coming out here fairly shortly. It Chapter 2 will be coming out, I believe, in September. And there's also apparently some real momentum on getting a Gunslinger Dark Tower television series, I think, on Amazon. Which would be amazing, especially if they do it the right way and not like the steaming pile of pony loaf that we saw with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey when they did that gunslinger movie that sucked balls. And so this is supposed to hew much closer to the source material, which is really, really cool. And I'm very much looking forward to. There's also a He-Man movie that's supposed to be in the works. So that'll be really cool. But Anyway, got a lot of stuff going on there. So uh, thank you for the the three of you that have joined uh, again today. And, uh, you know, I look forward to bringing our total viewership to four or five in the future. We'll see uh, if the power of Apple can do that. And again, if you feel so inclined, please don't hesitate to share, to laugh at me. Um, if you give me a five-star review, Apple will probably actually contact you afterwards and ask you what in the hell you were thinking doing it. But I appreciate you lying on my behalf. So, uh, again, thank you very much. And, oh, and, and I think I mentioned this before. I might actually be going to a second Wu-Tang Clan concert this summer, which is badass. Which I only say because I was going to to say thanks for listening to Deep Like Leviathan, which, again, is drawn from a Wu-Tang lyric. And uh, and so there you have it. But thank you again. Uh, next time, maybe we'll, uh, we'll get some more folks on and, and maybe I'll share another story about something stupid that somebody said or did or that I said or did. Or um, maybe we'll talk about something stupid that you said or did. Who knows? Join me next time on Deep Like Leviathan. Deep Like Leviathan.